Indonesia to Washington, the people are calling no. You gassing guns, you clubs and thugs, he lies on the TV. None of that can save you now, as your brain is swept away. Get up, get up, your voices are needed. Become, become the pulse of the revolution, in the ranks of the masses rising. Get up, get up, your voices are needed. Become, become the pulse of the revolution, in the ranks of the masses rising. Everybody, this is Bobby Vaughn Jr., and with me, as usual, is Kimberly Schultz. This is the A Call to Actions radio show, coming to you independently. With the help of CosmicReality.com, we are live today. And this is our third live show, and kind of getting things uh, smoothed out and uh, figuring out this live thing. Um, thank you guys for, for joining us when you do. And uh, if you want to listen to our podcast, that's on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, all those podcatchers out there. There are all kinds of them, and they're growing by the week, I believe. The topic for today is going to be, of course, we like to cover the controversial science and technology and the ethics that go into that. And uh, today we're going to be discussing human cloning. We wanted to touch on that uh, last week. We kind of got got into artificial intelligence uh, uh, pretty deep, so and we weren't able to cover the topic of human cloning really in that hour. But today I'll be I'll be reading an article that I have written entitled "Human Cloning: Reckless by Design," and we'll be discussing some things during during the uh, the reading we'll take a little break to to talk about certain things what's on our mind in regards to the ethics and the possibilities of human cloning we we don't really hear the topic of cloning discussed really anymore uh, especially in the mainstream it kind of died down with the cloning of dolly the sheep which was supposed to be uh, cutting edge for the time. Um, I think us who who are in the know and really know what's going on out there may have a different opinion on that. So, without further delay, I will read to you the Human Cloning Reckless by Design article. But first, we must realize what human cloning is. Everyone's heard of stem cell therapy, using stem cells as a way to regenerate uh, lost organs or, or, or really anything. A uh, lost finger, I know there have been uh, even noses that have attempted to be regrown back using stem cell therapy. But human cloning is on the other side of that. It is considered reproductive cloning. Stem cell therapy is, is considered therapeutic cloning. It is a type of cloning. What you do is you take the nucleus of a cell of the individual you want to clone. You take the cell, remove the nucleus, and put in um, the nucleus of the individual that you want to clone, and then hit it with a type of electrical current in order to allow the, the stem cells to grow 
And either you could allow the stem cells to grow and then just cut off the experiment, or you could allow the stem cells to grow into a full mature individual. That's what separates therapeutic and reproductive cloning, is you actually kill the, um, the actual individual and harvest the stem cells rather than allowing it to grow to full maturity. So, let me begin the article. Human replication has been an interest of doctors and scientists for longer than most people know. Cloning, also known as somatic cell nuclear transfer, is a very controversial topic among both scientists and citizens. The idea of making a copy of a conscious person in a laboratory is gaining popularity more now than ever, but not ours. Though some who choose to completely ignore the negative ramifications are devoting their lives and other people's DNA to their quest of becoming gods. There are two types of cloning. Therapeutic cloning, which is used for stem cell therapy, and reproductive cloning, used, for, used to artificially replicate and create a copy of a person or animal. Nazi interest in cloning. The interest in replicating a specific genotype in modern times dates back to the fascist Nazi German era of World War II. Some believe that it may date back to the Aryan interest in World War I, but with limited sources. Nonetheless, it is rooted within the realm of racism. Nazis had a keen interest in twins, which led to the studying of European eugenics for the first steps in developing a pure-blood Aryan race. Through the help of the IBM computer and the fringe scientists dedicated to uncovering the unknown, the science of human cell replication, or forming a strain of unnatural twins, was developed. Though their work was interrupted by the minds of, of interest within the hive of the United States Intelligence and Security Agencies. The U.S. of America, the corporation, did not know exactly what they had gotten their hands into until the kidnapping and recruitment of Nazi scientists in 1945 during what will forever be known as, and say it with me crowd, Operation Paperclip. So the facts are, Nazis were very interested in the study of how to produce twins and artificially du duplicate them within the female reproductive system. The U.S. obtained the foremost biological scientists to work for them in universities and governmental sectors. These scientists and their students work for the United States government presently. How many clones work for them now? Truman signed the National Security Act of 1947 establishing the CIA. The National Security Act charged the CIA with coordinating the nation's intelligence activities and correlating, evaluating, and disseminating intelligence affecting national security. We easily see here that after the two-year evaluation from the recruitment in 1945, of Nazis into the defense and intelligence sectors of the U.S., 1945-1947, to the foundation 
of the CIA Nazi scientists. The CIA sprouted like a weed into the core of the United States, thus beginning the false flag 1947 Roswell crash. The beings recovered at the crash site may have been the product of a U.S. and Nazi cooperative cloning genetics experiment. That could very well explain the appearance of the creatures. Nazis have quite a history of interest in genetics as well as circular wing vertical takeoff and landing aircraft, also known as flying saucers, research and development. This may be another reason the first Nazi scientists brought to the U.S. under the operation being aerodynamics and jet propulsion scientists, as well as interests in biology. Currently, it is my strong opinion the new Nazi America began cloning humans almost right away in the year 1945, but it is not until fairly recent that we see individuals and companies coming out to the open and admit that they are performing human cloning research, with some claiming to have already grown clones. We must wonder why they have waited until now to disclose their operations. Bringing this hideous science out in the open, that many see as a mad science miracle, creates new and large crowds of civilians and politicians with very strong opinions of support and protests. When striking controversy at such a deep level, scientific and political debate is sparked with force which forces a written code of ethics and morals within the debated country. There are only but a handful of countries that have relaxed laws and regulations when it comes to assisted reproductive health. The possible Countries that are cloning humans under the table include the USA, Brazil, Malta, Moldova, Turkey, Cyprus, Kazakhstan, Pakistan, India, Singapore, South Korea, and China. Cloning humans on the black market entitles the cloner the rights and ownership to the clone. Exploitations and human rights violations that may stem from this are the selling and marketing in the areas of slavery and sex slavery. Monetary gain through the use of creating high-yield actors, musicians, and sports stars. Violent and torturous cutting-edge medical experimentation, as well as simple human greed and exploitation. And that makes me think, you know, going back on this article, uh, makes me think just how often it, how often cloning occurs. And one of the hot topics of today, uh, this day and age, is uh, is pedophilia and human trafficking. And wouldn't we think that it would be in the interests of human traffickers? if they could find an individual that meets their specifications, get a sample of their DNA somehow, and with a scientist slash doctor who has expertise, expertise in stem cell therapy, actually clone that individual for their 
sexual exploitation or human trafficking needs? Would there be an, an inventory of of preferred um, preferred kids or or people? Or what about cloning people for for slavery? Um, if, do individuals that meet the specifications of a hard worker could they be cloned to create a slave army? I, I don't think that's out of the realm of discussion, though we do rarely hear about that even even talked about. And in, in the music industry, how much money do musicians make? <laughs> back when CDs were still sold, or they're going back to records, but back when CDs were still sold, there were musicians that sold millions of CDs. Millions of records per album. How many millions of dollars would they make off of just an album? If you could clone, if you did clone that individual and taught them how to sing and how to be a public figure, it's all profit then because you would own that cloned individual that was created specifically for the music or, or entertainment industry. You have any input on that, Kimberly? I was Microphone. just I was just looking over at um, the website CloneAid because that's you know it sounds like it's kind of out there, um, but you know I was just personally looking it over myself because I haven't dealt in depth with this as much as Bobby has. Although I completely um, think it's, you know, against the rights of the person who's getting cloned and how someone, you know, is modifying their DNA or making them, um, you know, what they are kind of without, you know, a natural process affecting, you know, maybe the outcome of maybe where they want to do in life. Like, you know, how parents sometimes might want their children to follow in a certain path so they might you know, if they could genetically choose the path for the child before they were even born, there's ethics involved there. And now the child is, you know, now being forced DNA-wise to go a certain path when if someone wasn't modifying their DNA, then maybe they would take a different path. So there's definitely ethics here. Um, and then just the thought that, you know, people are doing this and these clones may not, they just think they're a normal person. They don't know that they're a clone. I mean, it's kind of spooky if, if you, just talking in this realm, um, and it's out there, and we, I don't think we've talked to anybody in particular in person that's a clone, but we've, um, I know there's interactions on Facebook with people who claim to have multiple clones. <laughs> it's just definitely an interesting topic. Definitely an interesting topic, and I think uh, I think the most interesting clone, if we were to talk to one, would be one who escaped the laboratory, kind of the the Superboy uh, scenario, uh, Superboy uh, the the '90s comic book, the '90s one, uh, was created under Project Cadmus, Project Thirteen, Experiment Thirteen, by uh, he had two two different types, two different fathers. Uh, Lex Luthor and Superman, and he broke out of the laboratory prematurely, and and then thereafter just became you know claiming to be Superman. That was during the 
The Return of Superman. Really good, really good comic book. The Return of Superman. Plus, the Superboy stuff's pretty cool, too. Um, but that's kind of, I think that'd be more one of the more interesting uh, examples of cloning. If it was to be a real-life scenario, it would be one who escaped from the laboratory. Um, so, getting back to the article. This section is entitled... Chinese Clone Factory, a modern Franken factory. <clears throat> the Chinese company Boyalife Genomics has recently announced their plans on building the world's largest cloning factory. Though, when this article was written, when I wrote this article, it was April 17th, 2016. So, from that has recently announced their plans on building the world's largest cloning factory. Its total area is 151,000 square feet and is to be completed by the second half of 2016 at its location in the northern China city of Tianjin. According to the company's chief executive, Zhu Xiaoxun, Boyalife will capitalize on the cloning of animals for the meat industry as well as house pets, racehorses, and police dogs. The Franken factory will be joining forces with South Korea's biotech research company Soam. Together, they plan to clone 1 million cows for slaughter consumption purposes per year by the year 2020. Soam is best known for its interests into cloning the woolly mammoth and its projects of cloning primates for bio-research. If they are already cloning primates for bio-research for the, quote, benefit of humans, there's a high possibility SOAM is cloning humans for biological research. Already back in 2009, SOAM's founder, Huang Wu-Suk, was convicted with embezzling research funds and illegally purchasing human eggs for his research. What does that tell you? What was he doing with those human eggs? And why was he embezzling research funds? Hmm? I think we know. If there's anybody out there that wants to look into that and do some research, email me at upandout@hush.com. That's upandout@hush.com, and in the the body of the email uh, subject, just put a bunch of stars and then put human cloning or something like that. Um, anyways, we can do cloning on a very large scale. Yuato Du, a scientist at the project, was quoted as saying. 30 to 50 people together doing cloning so that we can make a cloning factory here. The Tianjin factory is a partnership with Soam Biotech, a South Korean company run by the Seoul-based scientist Huang Wusuk. Huang, a once-revered veterinarian known as the King of Cloning, was disgraced in 2006 after he was found guilty of research fraud and gross ethical lapses in the way he obtained human eggs for his experiments. And the link to this uh, to this article that I'm reading will be in the show notes 
on the Cosmic Reality YouTube page, uh, Human Cloning Reckless by Design. Or you may be able to do a search engine search for a call to actions, Human Cloning Reckless by Design, to read this and get all the links and references in here. By cloning animals on such a wide scale, it is possible the public will be stunned at their progress and blindly conditioned into considering the commercial cloning of humans for experimentation, claiming that human clones would be a way better subject to test upon since they are soulless and closer physically and chemically to a natural human than an animal subject. Though animal and human clone experimentation are both very unethical. Some people have started to demand cloning for personal issues, for reproductive assistance if they cannot reproduce naturally. As we have seen in the past, many people set aside animal ethics for the progress of human technology and consumerism. This opens the door for those same scientists and same consumers to want to move on to human beings thus setting aside their own human dignity and human ethics for scientific progress. And here I will read to you a list of the key players in the human cloning movement. These are individuals who are advocates for the use of cloning or have claimed to have already cloned humans. And as a side note, any pro-cloning speech or literature is that of the individual or group. Any anti-cloning speech or literature is that of myself. Key player number one, Dr. Penayotis Zavos, Ph.D., he is the founder and president of the Zavos Organization, president and CEO of Zavos Diagnostic Laboratories, Incorporated, a private corporation that markets infertility products and technologies in the U.S. and worldwide, founder, director, and chief andrologist of the Andrology Institute of America, founder and director of ReproCell Technologies, Founder and Executive Director of the Home Fertility Network. Professor Emeritus of Reproductive Physiology and Andrology at the University of Kentucky in Lexington, Kentucky, USA. Honorary Professor of the China Academy of Science. And in the article, there are... 37 Vimeo videos here where you can watch Dr. Zavos' research, including a really good discovery documentary piece on him in the lab. Very good stuff. Uh, well, very interesting stuff. Let me put it that way. And I have the link uh, in the article. Dr. Zavos' Discovery Channel special on his work in the field of human cloning. Another key player, Nick Bostrom, Ph.D. Nick Bostrom is a professional philosopher at Yale University and a leading transhumanist spokesperson. He is a co-founder of the World Transhumanist Association. 
He is in favor of full legalization of human cloning and funding for related research. He speaks to the media frequently and makes the case for a progressive approach to the opportunities opened up to humanity by technological development. He is also professor, faculty of philosophy and Oxford Martin School, and director of the Future of Humanity Institute, director of Strategic Artificial Intelligence Research Institute at University of Oxford, and you can find more information on him there as well. And this is a guy we, we talked about last week. His name is Dr. Seed, Ph.D., first name Richard. Um, Dr. C believes that he and others will become gods by cloning humans at their own will. And I want to play to you a 32-second clip. I played this last week, but to anyone who didn't hear it, it's more relative here as we're talking about human cloning than it was last week. So I want to play this 32-second clip of a shocking statement or two by Dr. Richard Seed. We are going to become gods. Period. If you don't like it, get off. You don't have to contribute. You don't have to participate. But if you're going to interfere with me becoming God, you're going to have big trouble. Then we'll have warfare. The only way you can prevent me in this, in this 50 or is to kill me. If you kill me, I'll kill you. Very interesting. If you kill me, I'll kill you, he says. Has he already been cloned? It sounds like he's pretty sure that if he is killed, he is to be cloned, or he has already been cloned, and to uh, to kill the individual who uh, took took his life. Very interesting individual, Doctor Seed. Again, I I want to express this uh, that if anybody wants to communicate, you know, please feel free to email up and out at hush dot com, up and out at hush dot com. Um, that'd be great. Dr. Richard Seed has three degrees from Harvard, including a Ph.D. He is a former professor and physicist. He has expertise in developing treatments for infertility. Dateline NBC did a story on Dr. Seed that aired February 11, 1998, and he has made numerous other media appearances. On December 12, 1998, Dr. Seed participated on a panel discussion about human cloning and medical ethics at the 6th International Congress on Anti-Aging and Biomedical Technologies. And at the time in 2016, his contact information is on the website right there. I'm not going to say that over the air right now, but you could read the article and see that. Another individual, Dr. Lee Silver. Dr. Lee M. Silver, or Dr. Silver, is a professor of Princeton at Princeton University in the departments of molecular biology, ecology, and evolutionary biology, and the program in neuroscience. 
He is also associated with the program in science, technology, and environmental policy at Princeton's Woodrow Wilson School of Public and International Affairs, where he offers an undergraduate course on human genetics, reproduction, and public policy. Dr. Silver graduated from the University of Pennsylvania in 1973 with Bachelor of Arts and, and uh, Master's in Science degrees in Physics and from Harvard University in 1978 with a Ph.D. in Biophysics. He was a research fellow at the Sloan Kettering Institute for Cancer Research and a senior scientist at Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory before coming to Princeton. And to any individuals who are in-depth researchers out there, uh, I hope you're enjoying this. <laughs> it may it may seem a little uh, just a little boring to some people. It may sound like another language, but I, I do appreciate everyone that's that's out there listening and and will listen. And also, there's a, a nine minute video entitled "Babies of the Millennium Night." about designer babies featuring Dr. Silver as he's a a proponent and advocate for designer babies. He is the author of Remaking Eden, How Genetic Engineering and Cloning Will Transform the American Family. Remaking Eden describes incredible new ways in which people will be able to reproduce and choose the genes they provide provide to their children in the near future. Remaking Eden also considers the fundamental ethical dilemma that arises from the competing principles of individual freedom and the good of society and explains how and why the marketplace and, and human nature may ultimately determine the use of these technologies and the impact this will have on the future evolution of the human species. Dr. Silver describes the science of reproduction as well as futuristic scenarios. Dr. Silver is the co-editor-in-chief together with Dr. Ian Wilmot of a new international journal entitled Cloning Science and Policy. I'd like to get my hands on that journal. Cloning Science and Policy. He is also co-editor-in-chief of Mammalian Genome, the official journal of the International Mammalian Genome Society. In 1993, Dr. Silver was elected a fellow of the American Association for the Advancement of Science. In 1995, he received an unsolicited National Institute of Health Merit Award for 10 years of research funding. He was a member of the New Jersey Bioethics Commission Task Force, formed to recommend reproductive policy positions for the New Jersey State Legislature, and has testified on reproductive and genetic technologies before U.S. Congressional and New York State Senate committees. Dr. Silver has discussed issues concerning reproductive technology, behavioral genetics, cloning, and genetic engineering on national radio and television programs, including NBC Nightly News with Tom Brokaw, the Jim Leher News Hour on PBS, the Charles Osgood Sunday Morning Show. Uh, I'm not going to read the rest of that part. <laughs> that just shows he's been on. But I just wanted to make a point real quick about um, designer babies. You know, before they start doing that, of course, they always start with designer animals. 
And you've seen that going on with, obviously, the dogs, how they have these different, you know, labradoodles and, and pugs and this. And, like, yeah. you know, so they're they're doing a lot of testing, you know, with the animals first. So it it's just, that's usually where they start because, you know, they look at animals like they don't have a, you know, they don't really have the right to choose. So they're just going to experiment on them and, you know, we believe strongly against animal testing um but you know that's kind of where they start so if you think about how long this kind of stuff has been going on um it's been going on for some time but i'll let you continue with your with yeah yeah that's interesting uh, to think think about that uh <laughs> labradoodle and then oh man what are there are all kinds of different varieties these days uh but I mean, they're trying to make like okay, they want a dog that doesn't shed, but they want it to be have these yeah. traits. So there, this is where you get into your designer, and it, and it seems cute because now you have your designer dog. Yeah. That also makes it leads into the ethical like oh well, if we can design our dogs. Let's design our children, mm-hmm. um, and they just don't look at the ethics of what's the choice. How are you giving that individual a choice? You know, I don't agree with either way the animals or not i mean so it should be a natural selection it should be a natural process and we shouldn't be playing god and interfering with um, an animal or a person's genetic dna it should be a natural process and that's where they come in thinking it's okay to play god so it's just been an ongoing thing since you said with the nazis of wanting to you know design a certain race design whatever our animals um i disagree what they're creating is is a uh, a designer society all factors of society Uh, the media is by design if you could design human beings to be that of what you want then you have ultimate domination and starting with the animals how how many dogs have to die in order to create that new that new sought-after breed. Um, I, I think a serious investigation needs to be conducted into the American Kennel Society and their their breeding uh, habits and uh, and the ethics involved. Uh, I'm sh- that probably has already been done with PETA, but I think that definitely needs to be done. And what what about the human counterpart to the American Kennel Society for? For animals, it would be the the American, or sorry, the the human, sorry, human counterpart um, for the American Kennel Society, a uh, breeding program for human beings. That I think that would probably fall under probably some sub agency in the uh, what would it be, the Department of Reproductive Technologies or somewhere down that line. Yeah, well, going back, going back to the article here. Uh, another key player in in human cloning. His name is Lawrence H. Tribe. Lawrence H. Tribe is professor of constitutional law at Harvard Law School. He wrote an article entitled Second Thoughts on Cloning," which appeared in the New York Times op-ed and supported human cloning. He argues against the sweeping prohibition on human cloning. At the end of his essay, he says, If human cloning is to be banned, 
then the reasons had better be far more compelling than any thus far advanced. <laughs> oh man, I think I think anyone who's listening to this that hasn't seen it, they need to watch the movie The Sixth Day with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's called The Sixth Day. Uh, not talking about the fifth element, talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger's movie The Sixth Day as a movie... That was, uh, I think it was released around, like, 1999, 2000. Uh, really good, really good movie about human cloning. So good, in my opinion. Uh, Dr. Tribe, going back to the article, was appointed in 2010 by President Obama and Attorney General Holder to serve as the first senior counselor for access to justice. That's interesting. Let's go back here. Dr. Tribe was appointed in 2010 by President Obama and Attorney General Holder to serve as a first senior counselor for access to justice. There was that whole issue with President Obama and his birth record, his birth certificate, right? So he was he was appointed by Obama as a senior counselor to access to justice. And I think some people, as well as myself, definitely were wondering if Obama actually was a clone. Was he a clone of uh, the Egyptian pharaoh Akhenaten? That's something that's really interesting. So they elected him, this, this man, Lawrence Tribe, who is pro-human cloning as a the first senior counselor for access to justice. Interesting, interesting. Going back, and has written 115 books and articles, including his his uh, American constitutional law, cited more than any other legal text since 1950. Hmm. Former solicitor General Erwin, Erwin Griswold wrote, No book and no lawyer, not on the Supreme Court has ever had a greater influence on the development of the American constitutional law. And the Northwestern Law Review opinioned that no one else in American history has simultaneously achieved tribes' preeminence as a practitioner and scholar of constitutional law. And he is for human cloning. Alright, this is going to be a controversial one. Uh, this is an individual that I think... Some people, even if they weren't four after he passed away, uh, were probably going back and uh, claiming that they were for him and you know had deep sympathies for. But this individual, Stephen Hawking, he is a human cloning advocate. Need I say more? Some consider Hawking the Einstein of our time. One of his most known quotes in support of human cloning is... Quote, the fuss about cloning is, I, I sorry, I can't do, I, I can't uh, um, replicate the way he sounds, so I'm just going to use my own voice, okay? The fuss about cloning is rather silly. I can't see any essential distinction between cloning and producing brothers and sisters in the time-honored way. That was a quote by him. Maybe he's not as intelligent as many believe. According to the Human Cloning Foundation, quote, 
Perhaps some people deserve a genetic encore. Let me, let me reread that. Perhaps some people deserve a genetic encore. A chance for their DNA to live again because they have so greatly benefited mankind. No, that's like transhumanism. I mean, this is where they tie together. It's like they want to play God. They want to, like I said, if they want to multiply themselves or they want to um, just, again, like, I guess it's like rebirth themselves later on. Um, that was mentioned here in the clone aid thing. Um, it, again, it's, it's, it's unethical. It's playing God where you really shouldn't have rights to do. But these people are like, it's a fine line between that, the transhumanism moment and the cloning advocates. And, you know, for example, I mean, the human being cloned, it would, it would have its own separate soul. I do believe it would it would be it'd be slightly different than you know a, a naturally produced human soul, but it would be different. It would still have a, a soul necessarily, but it wouldn't be the same person. Why would they think it's the same person? It doesn't make sense. No, it looks genetically, you know the 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 body, the biology is the same. But the, the spirit and the soul are completely different. So, as an excuse by the Human Cloning Foundation, perhaps some people deserve a genetic encore because they've greatly benefited mankind as a bad excuse for actually pushing for human cloning. Hence the reason for testing twins, right? You got two bodies that look the same, but it's a different soul, right? Why are they testing twins? Let's make that connection with the Nazis. And the the only way you would actually get a real a real clone would be to keep that person who is about to pass away is to keep their brain and then their and heart probably on life support, clone their body, remove the clone's brain and heart, and insert the original brain and heart into that clone. Isn't that what the Egyptians did? They always took the organs out, certain things, and they would set them aside, and then they would embalm them, or they would actually mummify or what have you, and then, yeah. So that's where... Egyptian uh, stuff. That's where human cloning and transhumanism, those avatar initiatives that we talked about a couple episodes ago, go hand in hand, is to create a real clone, you would have to keep the original individual's brain and heart on life support, and then put their biological brain into a transferred into a cloned individual uh, and whew, blows me away a little bit there there are some other uh, key players here but we're about 10 minutes before we have to uh, wrap it up so I'm gonna go into the um, the last section here entitled clone aid and the Raelians, that's spelled R-A-E-L-I-A-N-S. Do research on it. Clonade and the Raelians. They're two separate entities, but, you know, working together. All right, let me read here. Clonade, the first human cloning company in the world, was founded in February 1997. And, of course, this is from what we know about 
besides the Nazi stuff and the secret projects, by Rael and a group of investors who created the Valiant Venture Limited Corporation based in the Bahamas. In the first couple of years, Clonade has already received enormous media coverage. However, due to the pressure mounted on the Bahamas government by French journalists, Valiant Venture Limited was canceled as government representatives were thinking the laboratories would be established on the Bahama Island. Meanwhile, the list of serious potential customers had grown to more than 250 people. Therefore, during the year 2000, Rael decided to hand over the Clone A project to Dr. Bridget Beauselier, a Raelian bishop, in order for her to start working on actually cloning the first human being with a team of well-trained scientists. Dr. Beauselier has PhD degrees in physical and biomolecular chemistry. In her last job, she was a marketing director for a large chemical company in France. In the summer of 2000, an American couple that wanted to help develop this technology in order for them to have a baby contacted Dr. Beauselier. They were the first major investors funding the equipment and the laboratory needed, and Clonade's first human cloning laboratory was set up in early 2001. In the summer of 2001, Following several visits from U.S. government representatives to their facilities, Clonade decided to pursue its human cloning project in another country where human cloning is legal. In their website's last news post, and this was July 8, 2009, approximately two and a half weeks after Michael Jackson's death, Clonade admitted their interest in cloning him. Is that a coincidence? So we're going back to the cloning of of uh, those in Hollywood and what's to gain in, in actually cloning individuals in Hollywood. That's all in the article. Human cloning, reckless by design. There are a couple of typos, but please forgive that. <laughs> um, but let's wrap this up with the solutions against human cloning. Boycotting all reproductive technologies, including stem cells and in vitro fertilization, is important in order to keep the demand low. As we know, the madness known as human cloning is happening within the walls of these fertility hospitals and clinics. These doctors and scientists have steady access to human eggs and the technology to create clones. Boycott. When the demand is low, companies start shutting down. Though this does not necessarily stop the rogue mad doctors and scientists operating out of their secret bunker. Be vigilant and bring necessary justice to anyone proven to have mishandled eggs or DNA with the intent to clone. I think we could all start with doing our own personal investigating of these stem cell institutes or stem cell businesses. Uh, 
Kimberly and I were out on a walk a few years ago uh, over in um, Costa Mesa, California, and we noticed there was a, a stem cell uh, business operating out of a part of a, a building. So we we went back behind the building, and because I'm kind of curious and uh, investigative, I uh, started kind of ransacking through their dumpster. And I don't know I don't know if Kimberly remembers this, but there were there was it was weird because there were a lot of like Halloween decorations and stuff in the dumpster. Um, and it wasn't Halloween. It wasn't even close to being around <laughs> the Halloween season. Maybe they were just getting rid of old uh, holiday equipment. I don't know. But the dumpster smelled worse than any dumpster that I have ever smelled in my life. It smelled like it smelled like they had just dumped like body waste and any medical waste that they were using in their stem cell research just out in the dumpster. It, it was it was horrid, and that's worse than than the Rubes restaurant in Metropolis, Illinois, which which we used to skate by, my friend Stephen and I. Um, and that was the most horrid smelling <laughs> dumpster up to the time of this uh, stem cell research laboratory dumpster. Man, you remember how bad that thing smelled? I I don't remember. I I wanted to put put a make a point on um you know, what's caught what's what's these infertility clinics, you know, why are people you know, why do they have to even go to them in the first place? What what is the cause of of the infertility and we've we've covered this in some of our other interviews mm -hmm. the fluoride that's in the water it's in the toothpaste it's it's in food it's in salt it's in milk chemicals B chemicals in general bpa that the bpa from all the plastics so again you know the scenario is create the problem so you can offer the solution make money on both sides and then while they're making it okay to come in and get help with the infertility situation, you don't know what's going on with these extra eggs that are being donated with, you know, what are they, perhaps these eggs actually become babies and they just tell them that, you know, hey, these eggs didn't survive. I know they have to insert them and you have your Petri dish type stuff, but no, it's just, it's just like, it's such a, wide range of trust in this medical science stuff where you know you don't see what's going on behind the scenes so i just wanted to bring that up it's like again create the problem is if we're inundated with chemicals that are causing reproductive infertility then you know they it's a well thought out process on all sides just wanted to make that point mm-hmm mm -hmm. Yeah, how many how many eggs does a does a female give during her menstrual cycles? I I don't know I don't know that. But answer, I would assume I would assume that an individual who is who's been studying reproductive medicine for a long time and is is actively studying stem cell research would know how to utilize at least one out of 100 eggs to successfully create a human clone. 
I mean, there's a lot of, um, you see, I mean, I even know somebody who donated their eggs and that's usually for people to have, there's a bank where people don't want, you know, don't have a relationship and they want to have a baby. They can choose an egg here and an egg here and have a baby, which is also seems very unnatural <laughs> that you should want to have a male and a female together, you know, naturally as a mother and father, instead of just deciding to throw a, you know, I'm going to grab this egg over here and this over here, throw it together and, and have a baby. It just the whole thing seems very unnatural and unethical. Um, for those parents that, you know, can't have babies and decide not to go down the infertility path, you know, there's plenty of children and foster care and that, you know, I guess, I don't know if we have orphanages and stuff around here, but I'm just saying there's a natural way to connect a child with a human that, That's exactly, parent. that's exactly the, the, the parallel side of, we were talking about the American, American Kennel Society and how they, they create new dogs or new animals to meet specifications. The human side of that would be assisted assisted reproductive technologies. And see, you could either choose to buy a dog from a kennel or you could adopt one. And the, the human side, you could choose to use assisted reproductive technologies or you could adopt one. And we know that animals are being cloned. And what about humans? Are these assistive reproductive technology centers and laboratories and stem cell labs utilizing their equipment and doctors to make a little extra money on the side by actually cloning human beings, allowing those stem cells to actually develop into a mature human? Look at the technology. Just search on your favorite search engine, DuckDuckGo, whatever, Search for the difference between reproductive cloning and therapeutic cloning. And you'll see. All you have to do is let the stem cells grow to a mature human being. Rather than cutting it off and harvesting the stem cells. And what was going on with the, the fetuses that were being sold from the... Um, what was it? The parental... Um, I can't remember what the name of the group was. But didn't they end up shutting them down? The ones that were selling the, um, when people would go in for abortions and stuff, that they were selling the uh, the fetuses to stem cell types mm. groups. I don't know. I'm just it, I'm, this is not my expertise. I'm You're just probably talking about Planned Parenthood. Yeah, I was Planned Parenthood. I think they ended up. Well, the, the thing down. is, uh, nothing, nothing necessarily. I, I I have nothing or no opposition towards an individual who chooses to use reproductive technologies. I do have opposition to the scientists and doctors that are misusing the technologies. And with that, this is a call to actions. Bobby Vaughn Jr. and Kimberly Schultz. And I just read to you, Human Cloning, Reckless by Design. I hope this will spark some interest in individuals and to help bring about more discussion on this topic. As a wake-up call, it is 2020. 
Alright guys, we're signing out. Stay resistant. God bless you. Get up, get up, voices are needed. Become, become the pulse of the revolution. And the ranks of the masses rising. In the ranks of the